Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening and welcome to the LFC Day Trippers. I'm your host Emmett and with me tonight we have Chris, Kev and Dom back again twice this week. How are we lads? Good mate. Mm. Good, feeling privileged twice in a week, bloody hell. Yeah. (laughs) Hey Chris, I've probably not seen you since I spooned you in Liverpool. I've woken up next to some strange things in Liverpool, but it was the first time I've woken up next to a man. Uh, ah, well, we'll check it yeah, it was good fun, it was good fun. <laughs> so this is, it is no transfer knowledge, um, pretty much like Twitter, nobody knows anything. Um, we're here to talk about Henderson and Fabinho tonight, so while Gav and Keith were on last night, um, Twitter was alight with um, rumours that Henderson had accepted. Liverpool had, could say he could go. It was 10 million. Today, it was 20 million. Dom, I'll come to you first. Does he go? I'd like to think not, from just, just from a Liverpool fan point of view. But I think it's one of them. Like He's done so much legwork for like the... You know, the LGBTQ and he's done loads of legwork with other things and you know it just feels wrong but at the same time you also think if you're in a situation in a job and someone says to you there's four times the salary but you're going to do the same job and you are going to look like Pele compared to these bums that you're going to be playing with you're going to do it aren't you Um, unfortunately for me I'd like to think not but I do think he'll go because we just it just feels like it's sort of the end is near for him anyway, and I think two years left on his contract, I just can't see us riding that out anyway. Maybe it's a year too early, 
I'd like to see him give it a year for the new signings to bed in and things. But you've also got to think about the reshuffle in the midfield. His game time is going to be very limited, and I don't think he wants to settle for that. Yeah. We were we were talking beforehand, uh, Chris, before we came on, um, in terms of what's been tweeted or what's been reported. Um, and we spoke about his playing time being limited. Do you think that might be a factor in his decision? Could be, yeah, because maybe he doesn't want to be um, a squad player, maybe he wants to be starting more regularly. I mean, he would be the first Liverpool captain that's been told to be a squad player and decided to piss off, you know. So, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, the Twitter thing is just hilarious. I mean, it's how two realms of you know, extreme anger or you know, extreme sadness, kind of in the middle of which was a bit with Dom. I probably would have preferred this to be a year later when the new signs are settled in, and then do you know what? Fair play, off you go. In terms of the morality side of it, which we'll get, there's been a lot of talk about it. Ultimately, that's for Jordan Henson to worry about, for Jordan Henson to wear, and whatever impact that has on his how he's seen his legacy, that's that's up to him. You know, we, I could talk to him as a Liverpool fan. I think you know he's been great for Liverpool. You know, I don't get the vitriol of some people who just despise him. Um, I have, I'm loving the latest theory that it's a PR stunt, which I think if people think it's a PR stunt. Possibly need to look what PR is. The point of PR is to make yourself look good. If you if this is a PR stunt, then what you've basically allowed to happen over the last few weeks is to say, last few days, is to say, I, as Liverpool captain, do not want to play for Liverpool anymore. I want to go to Saudi Arabia because I'm going to get paid four times what I used to get paid, which will upset a lot of people because of other things I've stood up for in the past. But don't worry, I'm staying now. I'm not, whatever way you square that, that does that isn't a good look. And ultimately, if it is a PR stunt, then you've just pissed everyone off for no reason. So I don't think it is a PR stunt. I just think, I think it's caught Liverpool off guard a little bit because I don't think Liverpool expected both of these to go this summer. I think they're expecting both to go next summer. So I'm intrigued to see how Liverpool pivot on this. I mean, I've been messaging Kev because Kev obviously is a bit more annoyed with it than I am. I'm like, just embrace the madness now and see what happens. Did he pull out his homegrown chart? He did. He did. He's got. A, he's got a, <laughs> I've introduced him to Google Sheets now, so he's he's got a spreadsheet and everything now. You know, we, we update it. It's brilliant. Uh, look, we're talking. We're talking the money that it's gonna. He's gonna earn when he goes over there. Seven hundred thousand a week is ridiculous money. I don't look. There's nobody worth that, um, except Gav, maybe the hardest working man in podcasts. Um, no, but um, in terms of the actual feed, though, Kev, surely. Like if they want him, he's two two years left on his deal. You see reports of them expecting him for a nominal fee or even for free. Unfortunately, you don't get even the people with the most money in this world don't get anything for free. What that's would why, you, that's why they, if, they don't pay for it? If he decides to go, what would you accept as a an acceptable fee for him, given the the length of time left on his um and his deal and and look how important he is regardless of whether he's on the pitch or not i think he's a massively important player um in the in the dressing room but milner gone it's a lot of leadership gone but if he decides to take the money how much should we be accepted for him well i've seen the rumors today anything from day one and for nothing to 10 million to double that 20 million how much is he worth to us right now bearing in mind the fact that it's it's been sprung up. It's probably been sprung on the club with a few days' notice. There's no planning involved in this. The market is through the roof. Declan Rice going for 105 million is an absolute absurdity, and that just puts 
a, a number as to what an England international at 24 goes for with potential to maybe get better. So Jordan Henderson at 33, leadership beyond belief, manager wants him. Uh, if you're going to brand the club and want someone to come out and speak for the club, he's no better person to come and do it. If you want someone to come and promote your club to an English-speaking global audience with face, face recognition around the world because of his 12, 13 years at Liverpool, there's no better person to do it. You're willing to pay him 700 grand a week tax-free, which if he was matching that in the UK, he'd have to be on 1.4 million a week to earn the kind of money he's going to be earning in Saudi. And they're quibbling about paying a transfer fee for him. Get in the fucking bin, you absolute ball bags. If you want, a, if you want him, come and fucking pay the money. If you don't, off you fucking pop. It's as simple as that. He's got two years left in his contract. He's a homegrown player. He's captain of the club. And if you watch the Liverpool behind-the-scenes video from yesterday, because they released fuck all today, watch it from yesterday and watch the reaction to the players who are talking with him and who are interacting with him. And the, the oh, can you, It's not reverence, but it's... Um, it's, you know, you know that he's the boss. He's the manager's voice around the club. He's if you've got a problem, you go to him. He's the elder statesman, yeah. isn't he? He's the senior pro. He's, if you've got a problem, you tell him, and he goes to the boss. If the boss is a problem, he'll come to, to Henderson to come to you. And you go and replace that in the, mar in the transfer market. Look around the market. If you're going to look at bringing in Premier League experienced players, homegrown players, right? Aged over 22 years of age. Go and find go and find one. Go and tell me an English homegrown player who you'd who you'd want in the squad. And then I'll give you a transfer fee. And then you tell, you know, how much do you think Willow could cost? How much do you think Gallagher would cost? Or would you want him anywhere near a squad? No. And no. And no and no again, you wouldn't. So at the end of the day, how much is Jordan Henderson worth to us? I put a figure of fifty million on the on Twitter this morning and got ridiculed for it. But the thing well, is, well. you go, but you go out and you have to go and replace not just him, his ability, his leadership, and the trust that the manager has in him to throw him into games at, with thirty minutes to go and shut a game down, to start a game where you need to keep it tight. He knows the system inside and out. He's tactically flexible, and he'll give you all he's got. His legs can't do what his mind wants him to do. In the position that he was in last year, he can't do that advanced eight role anymore. But there were games last year when he didn't play that he was missed. And we done, me and Chris, and I've done them with plenty of others, where we did post-match shows where he wasn't available and the comments would come in, Mr. Jordan Henderson's there. Miss that leadership on the pitch. You miss that someone barking orders around the place to push people along. Go and replace it. that in the transfer market. Put a transfer I, figure we, on. We'd that. seen it. We'd seen it in the Telegram. We'd seen it in WhatsApp groups where it's, this game is screaming out for for Henderson. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, I've avoided all social media. I've avoided social media to as much as I could. I've avoided Telegram as much as I could today, and I've avoided most other content creators today because I didn't want to be influenced by what they're saying about this deal. On a football level, this makes sense. He's thirty-three years of age, two years left in his contract. He's got absolutely no power in this situation whatsoever. He's, a, he's got no control. It's up to the club to accept a, re, a reasonable fee for the player if he wants to leave. He can put in whatever transfer request he wants. It's not worth the paper it's written on. It doesn't matter. 
the club is in control of this situation. And if the club demand a fee of £20 million and the buying club aren't willing to make that, to meet that fee, then there is no transfer to happen. It's as simple as that. You go back and you play a year. If you don't like it, go and sit on the bench and go and play, in, play with the under-23s. Don't give a fuck. You're making an example now of some of him that if you want to go down this road, you're telling this to Virgil van Dijk, to Mo Salah, to Andy Robertson, to Trent Alexander-Arnold, to every other senior player in the club. If you want to handle your transfer business in this fashion, where you just come a couple of days before we fly out to pre-season, and at the drop of a hat, you think you can just up sticks and leave. Sadio Mane did it the right way. He went to Klopp early and he told her, I want to go, I want a new challenge. Klopp asked him to hold hold his horses for a bit, give us six months, and we'll give we'll find you a deal. And they they literally let him go to Bayern Munich for what was a fair, very fair price for what he was going to offer you. I think Jordan Henderson has handled this badly. I think look, nobody could have predicted live football. How, how do we know how he's handled it? Fair. Do we do we think we don't. that yeah? We don't. This is the Do you thing. think we he's the type of person to go and ask to leave? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, I think that... Um, For where he's supposedly heading, though. That's, does it, so whatever about like going it. to Sunderland or going to Fulham uh, well, or yes. anywhere like that, is he... Is No, no. Is he the type to go and ask to, to go to Saudi, do you think? I feel, I feel like he's actually asked Klopp for some sort of advice, if I'm being honest with you. I don't feel like he'll have gone in and demanded to leave. I feel yeah. like he'll have gone in and said, listen, this opportunity might never come back again. I can go and feed kids for generations and generations and generations in my family. Not just a couple of generations, by the way. And yes, he earns this much money in England. Yes, he does. That argument is nonsense because, like I said earlier, if we get offered four times the money in any job that we do, we take it. And, you know, it's it's just unfortunate. I think the way it's handled in terms of if it was somewhere else, we probably wouldn't be sitting here having this argument because of the morals that we, we believed Jordan Henderson has. The problem you've got with that is they're not worth a carrot nowadays. It kind of feels like they get a piece of paper put in front of them and it says, listen, you've got to be the face of this. And it looks like that's what's happened. For him to go against everything, it just doesn't seem very Jordan Henderson-like. From what also, we look like, we know. I also feel if we'd been a, a bit more smart in the market in terms of how we've replaced a squad, which I know Kev's going to jump down my throat for this in a minute, but, you know, before the summer, before that we'd added one midfield assist, which was Thiago. So I'm not saying we should have added three or four uh, every summer, but, you know, we all said, and it's not even high, it's like most summers going, probably could do someone in the midfield just to refresh it a little bit, a little bit. And it got to three years down the line. Last summer, we're all going... Fuck me, we need a couple here, you know. So, because we've left it so late now, two players who we were looking just to be squad options next year, and I've got, oh, fuck, we haven't got squad options. We were expecting the squad options that we could actually rely on to stay fit. So, I think that's where people have got a bit of trepidation because it's a bit more now, really, to know. I mean, Chris, this is almost like the 2000, early 2000s where, you know, Liverpool are bringing six, seven players, and we go, fuck me, I hope it all works. And I think that's yeah. what people are concerned about is. Well, once you get above once you get above five signings, it's pretty rare you buy more than five signings and your season goes fairly smoothly. I think the last one that happened was probably the Mourinho 0405 side. But in general, you know, we're gonna be in for a very difficult season, I would say. Just because play even all these players are brilliant, they're always like to have to settle in. And that's where yeah. you kind of wanted that bit of experience, yeah. which is what you want. 
to sell them. That's the one thing that concerns me is that so when when obviously it's, it was a couple of weeks ago that the rumors around Henderson first came up when Gerard first first made the move, um, and I I wasn't overly concerned if he decides to go, he decides to go. He owes us absolutely nothing, but. Like Kev said, if you want him, you pay. He's not in his last year of his deal. He has two years mm. to go on his deal. So if you want him, you pay for him. What's caught me a little bit on the hop was Fabinho now being yeah, that's, uh, that's so thrown into the mix. That's now, what I feel. And, and I think I said on Telegram or WhatsApp earlier on that Fab would be a, a step too far for me. Um, I do think you're saying they're experienced, having experience around the place. So if you go... And you get money, or I think we have the money. I, I'm hoping what's happening now is is the stalling on how this whole deal is is we're trying to get our ducks in a row because so the last thing you want is to get rid of Henderson and everybody knows you're dying to get a midfielder in and then they're taking you to the cleaners. So let's I mean, get our ducks in a row. But in terms of Fabinho, especially if it's Lavia coming in, if Fabinho goes as well, your your starting number six for me is probably Bacetic, and that's. That's the not, problem. Not good. I think I, Fabinho needs to stick around to blood in whatever defensive midfielders we are, whoever we bring in to try and to replace them. I think in Sabasloy, we probably have somebody that can replace what Henderson can do. Oh, he's, I'm not sure. I'm not sure we have anything that's going to replace what Fabinho I, at his, at the peak of his powers um, yeah. could do. What, I, have you any concerns around that, Kev? If it was an either-or situation, I'd I'd keep Henderson and let Fabinho go. At forty million, I'd I'd let Fabinho go at forty million. Ideal world, I'd have I'd have been Thiago off really early in this window, purely and simply. Not and it's not about the wages; it's more about the availability and the fact that if we evolve into this three-two-two-three system, Thiago doesn't fit. He, he can't he, he can't play the two sixes role next to a trend. He doesn't, he doesn't have the ability to go both ways, I don't think, anymore. He can't play that advanced eight role because you ask him to do what Curtis Jones was doing in going in behind and going in around the back for crosses and what have you. I think Jones is actually naturally ahead of him for that system than what Thiago offers you. I think he's a tremendous footballer. Tactically, technically, he's a fantastic watch. But in the way the Klopp is trying to evolve this side, I think he would be he would have been the one I would have out of the three, I'd have been comfortable letting go. As it stands at the minute, if Jordan Henderson goes, Fabinho goes, Lavia is not enough in any no. way, shape, or form, because you're literally just hanging the kid out to try. Lavia would have been fine coming in as a project player, and I'm not sold on Lavia anyway. Never have been. But if he's going to come in, he's going to he's going to be the project guy, you know. You're, you're, but, learn but you're the system. sold if he's coming in to learn the ropes from some yeah. somebody oh, yeah. senior. And and that's fair enough. But the problem is, by the way, the guys who were, it's like you walk into a job. The guys who are going to show you their job is been sacked. There's a handbook. You're starting tomorrow. Uh, there's a clocking machine, and the canteen's up there. Sounds like my way after. <laughs> but it's <laughs> no different. That's the chaos. That's the chaos. You're not going to get into the Champions League with chaos. You're just not. The midfield if, is the engine room of the side. If last year our midfield was fucked, it was all over the show. If it's fucked again next season, we're getting nothing. 
we'll score goals for fun. We have great forward players, great players going forward. We'll score goals for fun. There's nothing in the if you let those guys go and you don't adequately replace them, Van Dyke is not is going to get exposed again next year. Kanati is going to be asked to cover two positions in, while he's on the pitch, and he'll get exposed, and then he'll get he'll get injured, and then you're down to biscuits and biscuits for the, the other two centre backs because they can't do the amount of running that's needed for that new system either. This really screws us in so many other ways. In so he's many ways, this, this, he's dying to say it. <laughs> no, but it's so it screws us on the pitch. He's like that because meme from the Simpsons, isn't he? I think. If you're going to look at this right, Trent is going to say Trent plays his, this hybrid role from right back into centre mid. You could conceivably see a situation where Alexis McAllister is the other deep line playmaker next to Trent in that system. Jones could play ahead of him, or Gakpo could play that eighth role on the left ahead of him. Sabitzer could play that advanced eight role on the right hand side. You could play your three forwards, and Darwin Nunes, Luis Diaz, Jota can come in. And Salah's there as well to rotate around. That's fine. But then you're playing again three days later. And then you're playing again three days later. And you're going Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday. I mean, you can let these players go. And you're freeing up a load of wages. We freed up an absolute bucket load of wages. But George is going to be earning his corn on his three-month probation period as the director of football for Liverpool Football Club. He's got a, he's got a poor stress. boy. <laughs> he's poor got boy stress. has got... Yeah, the poor boy has got a job and a half on because Julian Ward and the guy before him have screwed him. And with all of the good work that they did, they were terrible at getting players out at the right time. And we're paying the price for it. But we are where we are. And we have to worry about tomorrow, not yesterday. So I'm kind of happy with that, though, Massive. I'm kind of happy with it because I know I know it sounds a bit crazy and I know I understand no, I your you. points. I completely understand your points. It will probably be another transition season, which is painful because we can't afford to do that right now. However, I kind of feel like this guy's come in and he's being like, cut the bullshit. These players are not it. We need more players in. The only way we can get these players in is if we get rid of the players that are dead wood. And the reality of the situation is Henderson isn't good enough to start. 30 league games a season. Fabinho, okay, he had a positive end to the season, as we did. However, his form for the last 18 months has been not important, not short of shocking, to be honest with you, other than the last few months of the season. So it wouldn't surprise me if this guy's come in with his gungo approach, which we've we're led to believe that's how he operates. And he said to Jurgen, It's up to you now, but my opinion, this has got to, these have got to go. I, I don't think there's any smoke without fire, me. I just feel like either the representatives of the players have been dangled up to Saudi or another way. Maybe Jorg's done the same thing. Oh, maybe. You, so, Dom, oh. in your opinion, then, if it was a case that we get offers for both, would you be okay with both going, provided, obviously, they're replaced with? Well, I, I, think, you, I think you need to bring in. So, whatever about Lavia. I personally think that you need to bring in, I don't want to call him a marquee signer, but an, experi need, an experienced yeah. player. You need someone like someone of a rice or a, or a shoe many level. If them two go, I believe if them two go, we're shooting ourselves in the foot. Because it, for me, it's one or the other. No matter what way we look at it, Henderson goes, Fabinho stays, and we put our foot down. 
Fabinho goes, we get 40 million. Happy days. Henderson stays. If you However, if I had to choose, fucking hell, you're going <laughs> to kill me with these comments. Um, if I was to choose, I'd probably say Henderson to go. Um, and I know that's bedlam because we've already lost the likes of James Milner leadership wise. I feel as though we miss Henderson when he doesn't play, but I also kind of think, well, he's not going to be playing anyway, so he's not going to be on the pitch as much as we want him to be. Um, I think if you lose Fabinho, I think you're just exposing that defence once again. I don't think we can afford to do that right now. Um, there isn't a number six in that squad that I feel is anywhere near as good as him in that position yet. I think by Cetic, obviously, he's got a lot of promise. I think Lavier has got potential. I'm not convinced. I haven't seen him enough to say, nailed on, 50 million, let's get him in. I feel like that's unnecessary pressure on a kid. Um, if we get to, if them two do go, I'd like to see a statement signing and a Lavia. I wouldn't like mm. to see just a Lavia and a centre-back. I feel as though we need two centre midfielders and a centre-back, in my opinion. Um, Chouamani, why not? You know, he's been linked before. Klopp clearly likes him. He's not getting the time at Real Madrid. He's never going to with that midfield now. Um, may cut their losses because they want to bite Mbappe. Um, Saicedo is the one for me, though. But I just don't know whether Brighton would do a bit more business with us, considering we pulled the pants down and slapped their ass for um, McAllister. <laughs> I, f- I, so, feel that's, I feel like that's done to Chelsea already. I think there's some sort of a bit of a deal done that, there. I love Saicedo. I just think he's everything that we need in that sixth position. And if Fabinho was to go, I can't think of any better player in the Premier League right now. Okay, hold my hands up, Rice. But Saicedo would be perfect for that position to just come in, slide in that position and do the job with legs, by the way. I mean, I've seen a few in the comments talk about, you know, where was this leadership last year? Obviously aimed at Henderson. You know, this loss, that loss, this loss, that loss. I'll be honest, me and Kev still get flashbacks. I did enough of the post-match shows where... Plenty were saying, when is Van Dijk, Fabinho, Henderson, Salah, Trent, Robbo? Got to step up. Step up. These are all supposed to be our leaders. The only person who didn't ever get accused of lack of leadership was a goalie. So people say it's blown out of proportion, the whole leadership thing and the off-the-pitch stuff. Well, I do think it is an important part of all, of all clubs, as well as the football ability. And there is an element of... I'm intrigued to see who does step up there because someone there's a couple of them are going to have to step up to start doing this leisure. And it's easy being the leader when you're winning. You know, when you've got to grind out games. And a lot of people forget the year we won the league and the year we won the Champions League. You know, some of those games we had to grind out and that did take the likes of your Henderson, your Milners, Van Dijk at his peak to just drag players through. Manny, to be was the perfect example of dragging you through the shit. You know, I'm yet to see who's going to do that. Now, listen, maybe, that, maybe that's Supper Slide. Maybe that's McAllister. Maybe that is that, them. That was maybe my the, next question. Maybe so, they're ready. If Henderson goes, who's your who's your ideal or who's who's heir to the throne? So obviously we have Van Dyke, who is was third captain, probably promoted to vice captain with Milner going. Um, I'm not a fan of Van Dyke um, as captain. I think. The captain's armband is heavier on some lads' arms than it is on others, and I think it kind of distracts him from his own game. Um, I say Salah, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Salah's a good. I, I, I've so many people Robert, say. Robert so many people. Well, yeah. So many people say. I don't. Let's not give it to a forward. All this nonsense. Listen, that that guy is the perfect example for any professional footballer and anyone wanting to be a professional footballer. Eats well, drinks well. Look at the shape he's in for the age he's at right now. 
Okay, he's not old, but you know, he's consistently doing it. He's pulling us out the shit constantly, season in, season out. We're having a poor season. He's still banging 30 goals, not enough. I think he's the perfect candidate, to be honest with you. Um I mean, to be fair, especially for the younger I'd, players. Yeah, and I'd say if if it's not him, I'd I'd probably go with Allison, to be honest with you. The other thing is Salah's he got a shitty on that he wasn't made captain in a in a dead rubber in the Champions League. That's how much he wants it. He got a shitty he, on that he didn't get given it. You know, the perfect was, professional. I, yeah, I, I, I think he's I'm, more of a, a, a do as I do rather than I do as I say. He'd be leading by more so by Stephen Gerrard than a baller. Yeah, but maybe, um, maybe maybe that's where you make Robbo vice captain, who could be the Carragher, the gob. Yeah, maybe that's how you <laughs> maybe that's how you do, that's how you phrase it because the way you heard. Heard Carrick, uh, Henderson and Milner. It, they're quite different. Milner's actually a lot quieter on the pitch than Henderson, but off the pitch of the switch, Milner's mm-hmm. balking everyone off off the pitch, and Henderson's quite more of a good cop. So maybe that's what you need. You need that. You need that switch of two two opposites. I don't want Allison to be captain because I'm, but I'm a bit old school. I'm not a fan of keepers as captains. It just I don't There's think a lot it of works. people like that. But because you, you, you have your little terrier on the pitch that yeah, because they get up, the... get up and down, yeah. yeah. Not enough to do with Allison the person. Just I'm just not a fan of keepers as captors. I don't think it works. But that's you know maybe that's a traditional. I always find I always find this argument funny. It's a very English thing. The captain seems to be either the best player on the pitch or whatever. You go continent. The loudest. <laughs> it's everyone. It's everywhere. You know, nobody nobody bothers about who the captain of the club is. It changes year to year. They're not fussed about it. But if you're going long term, you give it to Trent. If you're looking for someone for now for the next couple of years, I could I could get on board with more. I I wouldn't be too against that. I'm not that bothered as long as the culture is right. And I think the standards have been set over the last five, six years that they know what it takes to win. It's not like do you remember when James Wilder signed? There was no one at the club who knew how to win, you know. And having someone who's at the club who knows how to do it, knows what it takes to get to the top of the, to the top of the hill. That's vital, and that's what you pass on. I'm not too fussy either way. I w- I wouldn't be too bothered if Trent actually did get it. I don't you know, if he's it. going to evolve into a midfielder, and I think he will over the next two years. You he will be a centre mid. And I think he'll see his career at the club for good. He knows what it's like to be there from beginning to where, from beginning to where he is now. I wouldn't be too fussed about my, my only concern him. about giving it to Trent is is he's currently trying to learn a new position or will be trying to learn a new position. To then throw the captain's armband on him at the same time, I think maybe <coughs> is probably a little. I, I do see him as a as a future captain. Maybe not just right this second. His head was kettled last year as well, wasn't it? So I kind of feel we just want him just to be a footballer and worry about the off the worry about being a captain in a couple of years' time. Uh, do you want to hear some breaking news? It's not Liverpool related, but I just think it's funny. Yeah. Apparently, Everton are, are in advanced talks to sign Johnny Evans on, on a free. Oh. So, you know, it's so bad. He has the game of his life against us every time, so I don't really want that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I mean, no Yo. matter how bad things are, and things were bad last season, we had a disaster. Yeah, no, he's relying on Everton. Oh, either, always rely on Everton, and then look at Chelsea. I've got it. It can always be worse. 
It genuinely can. Google the Man United away kit. Fuck me. This green and white thing. Yeah. Got, uh, it's just awful. It's we might have some breaking life. news here from Ashley L. There's Liverpool news too, though, with Kelleher. Wolves want to shed, shed some light on that. Uh, Wolves apparently want Kelleher because Nottingham Forest are after Jose Sarr. Yeah, when Give you us get 40 to million. Off, keep going and fuck off some more. And when you get to that part, yeah. fuck off again. You've had how's your that, chance. You how's off. that homegrown child looking, Kev? I've got kind of. I was, I was about there. to. I was, I was, I was, I was about to move on to it for you, Kev. So look, that's, obviously, that's with us losing Milner, with us losing Oxlade Chamberlain, with us losing, uh, quite possibly losing uh, Henderson. That's another homegrown. What does that leave us with, Kev? The minute it leaves us with Trent, Joe Gomez, Kevin Callahan, uh, Curtis Jones, and I think Tyler Morton qualifies. Oh, fucking hell. Seb. No, I don't know. Tyler Morton's not here. Seb's gone on loan. Seb's gone on loan. Nat Phillips is probably going to go. I think we've got four. But the problem is, if you only register four, like last season, when we started the Premier League season, we were only registered 23 players. We had to re- on we could only register 17 non-homegrown players because we were one short. Mm. The problem the isn't the amount of homegrown players you've got. It's the amount of non-homegrown players that you're allowed to register is punished by the amount of homegrown players you have. So if you've only got four, that means it reduces the amount of non-homegrown players that you're allowed to register. Okay, so you gave me a list earlier on of names of players like Paul Glatzel and the likes. There's probably Jack, half a dozen. I think Jack Byrne is another one. Um, well, Sepp is gone. Um, Jones becomes one this year. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the other names, yeah. but there was, I think it, it was six or seven of them. Yeah, it's not about the amount of homegrown players you have. For me, it's about the amount of non-homegrown you're allowed to register because of the homegrown players that you have if and you I let, think it hurts you if you don't have the balance right if you let Kelleher you know, go though that affects you that affects your European squad as well yeah we're already in a situation where if people want to see Ben Doak playing in the Europa League Ben Doak has to be registered as a non-homegrown player because he hasn't been at the club long enough you know he, he might only be a kid he might only he might be under 18 but he doesn't qualify to be registered in the B squad so he has to be named as a non-homegrown player to qualify to play in the Europa League if people want to see him play in the Europa League. Which we had with Elliot this, two years ago. Yeah, but it opens up a can of worms that doesn't need to be opened up. They, I mean, I'm, I'm certain, I'm 100% certain that the club had a plan for the next three windows to evolve this midfield into the midfield that they want to end up in, in the same way as they did it with the forwards. And they did it at the back, to, to be fair. I think the plan was there with the midfield. This advent of live football has scuppered that to the nth degree because nobody's foreseen this. You couldn't plan for this. You couldn't forward plan for the eventuality that someone is going to come in and offer you 40 million quid for Fabinho and 20 million for Jordan Henderson and give them obscene amounts of money to go and play in a farmer's league in the desert. It's like that concept, if you pitched it to Liverpool two years ago, you'd have been laughed out the room. But that's the reality that the clubs have got to deal with. And it's not just Liverpool, by the way. Every club, if the, if the Saudi League can come and take the captain of Liverpool Football Club out of, the, out of the club, where the club doesn't want to lose him, 
everyone is up. Everyone is a fair target. Everybody Ma- in the Premier League is up. I think Mahrez is off as well, apparently, isn't he? Sort of yeah. I, I'd be slightly more concerned if they came in for a Salah or somebody like that. It's, Same. It's 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 like it's like Dan said. Henderson wasn't going to pay well, but in terms of this summer, I, I get what you're saying, Kev. But it, it's not like they can have any. If you look at, it's basically the MLS in the seventies, where the older players went to play. I think Pele was close yeah. to retirement. George Best was. You've got Benzema going on. Okay, you've got, yeah, but they're all they're, they're probably not at the start. They're very few at the start. I think the youngest yeah. is probably Neves. Is it twenty four no, or twenty five? Jota, it went from Celtic. All oh, right, yeah, he, yeah. I think he's twenty two. Well, you've got like Kante. That. You've got uh, it's it, it's all. Yeah, we also got Ruben Neves. But not necessarily a world class star. I'd be more concerned if they were coming in. And targeting an Allison or a Salah or you're the world's best players. So I, I get this whole they're trying to make the, the league more attractive, but yeah, but this is only the start. They're not that. they're not they're not bringing okay, they've got Ronaldo, end of his career. They didn't get Messi. They haven't got all of these whatever the, the cards the kids are collecting these days or the ultimate teams and all that kind of stuff. They don't really have the big names at this moment in time. So to me, a Henderson going or coming in, and I get that he's Liverpool's captain. But he probably would have been a captain from the bench or a captain from the dressing room next season. Mate, I, I, prob- I promise mil- you this. Mil- F- EAFC 24, a Saudi league team of the season next year is going to be banging, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they'd be gassed well, after I, 50 I, minutes. They're all about four. You may as well have said that in Dutch because I haven't a clue what you're talking nah, about. Look, it, PlayStation and donkeys. I, th- I think this is this. the thing is, this is just a start. Okay, We saw with golf, when they came, for golf, they did it in trips and drabs, and then they came hard, and they took all of the best players. I mean, golf is a different situation because look, there's only two promotions really where players can play, and the PGA is the main dog. But they took half the P- they took half the best players from the PGA. They've got boxing locked up. They want F1 locked up. This is an economic plan for Saudi Arabia and the Gulf states for the next fifty years because the oil revenue that they've been living on for the last eighty years is going to disappear when by 2050 and they have to evolve their economies for the next century they're doing that through sports and entertainment they want saudi arabia and the gulf region to be the entertainment's capital of the world when you think of sport you're going to think of saudi arabia and that's what 2050 is going to look like and this is where it starts with football they already had a taster of it with the qatar world cup this is just a start for football you know and the idea that Europe is the center of the football world and UEFA are God's gift to everything when it comes to football and FIFA are the dons of everything. I'm sorry. They'll just replace people on the, but they'll buy FIFA. They'll just. I was going to say, them. do you foresee a time where they, they try or attempt a takeover similar to what's happening with golf at the moment? I think they've done it with, they've done it with, with boxing, the wrestling they've bought over as well. I'm the WWE. Yeah. Do, you, do you foresee a, a time in the future where they, maybe try and I don't know whether it's possible for them to take over the Premier League. I don't know whether it's possible no. for them to take over a UEFA or a FIFA or to to, to set up a, a rival uh, organisation um, similar to Live, and then they all become bedfellows um, in some way, shape or form. Do you foresee that in the future? I, I think what you, could evolve, what you could evolve in the next 20 years is a Super League 2.0. 
where you have regions represented by the best players in whatever category, like French. If you Chris will watch it, Chris will watch T Twenty cricket, and anyone who's watched T Twenty cricket sees how that has evolved over the last twenty years. And you've well, got it's a situation. Not, it's not as popular, but it's the, the like the IPL. It's not. It's not. It's not the big showcase it used to be. The novelty it's not. Yeah, but the T Twenty football is a football is a different was, animal. Yeah, possibly. Football is a different animal. You've already seen FIFA starting to forward think and forward plan this with the evolution of a 32-team club World Cup. Now, look, I personally think there's way too much football being played as it is. But they're, FIFA are trying to include more clubs by redistributing more money to different federations across football. And they're using vehicles like the Club World Cup, the World Cup, Continental Conference championships. You have to be educated to watch it. Wow. That's why Kevin doesn't watch it. (laughs) But no, look, I just think the way football is going to evolve, I just think you're getting to the stage in football at the minute where fans are pinned to the collar in the UK. Okay. Season ticket. You saw the Ferrari last season when Liverpool put put their season ticket price up. Just the news that it caused. It went up by a fraction of penny. It went up by pennies. Eleven euro or eleven pounds yeah. or something was it? It was nothing. You and when you look at how much clubs are spending, you look at how much clubs are spending to stay competitive, and the percentage of money comparing to revenue that's going out of the game in wages is unsustainable for the next thirty years. You cannot sustain a club where, like Everton, eighty nine percent of your income is going out the door, never to be seen in football again. So basically, Everton Football Club, for example, are running their club on 11% of their revenue that they generate. That's criminal. It's criminal that it's been allowed to happen. And look, we all banter Everton and what have you. Everton are an institution. They're a huge club. The fact that they've been run like this for so long and nobody did anything about it, it's been allowed to happen. It will take a big club to go bust before the Premier League wake up to fucking reality. The football is not an elastic band. It will snap. People's attention span and pockets only stretch so far. And when you're seeing obscenities in transfer fees for Declan Rice, for example, and I think Declan Rice is a very good player, but it's an obscenity that Declan Rice is being transferred from one club to another for 105 million English pounds. It's an obscenity. So if you think if you're an Arsenal fan, you're probably paying two grand a year for your season ticket. More. There's the season tickets are scandalous. I've seen yeah. it the worst. I mean, Liverpool's around. I think they've also got Liverpool around eight fifty. Sorry, eight seventy. I think Fulham's are actually. One of them have gone to being one of the most expensive. Yeah. The new stand. This yeah. this can't continue. We yeah. look everyone in the chat. Every single person who's in the chat now, and I'm seeing all your comments. First and foremost, we're all football fans. We all love watching football. We pay to watch it. We pay our TV subscriptions. We pay to go to grounds. Some people travel and pay to stay and play in Liverpool for the weekend or go away to games for the weekend. It all costs money. But at the end of the day, we've all got mortgages. We've all got kids. We've all got shit that's going on in our real in our real lives that comes first before our entertainment. And our entertainment is football. If that becomes unsustainable and it's a choice between your day-to-day spending and your entertainment at the weekend... I know which one's winning, and it ain't the entertainment at the weekend. 
So football needs to get a reality check and transfer fees and wages need to be brought under some kind of fucking control because the fans can't keep paying what we're paying. It's not on. It's not fair. I know, it's not sustainable. You do say that, Kev. The problem you've got is Liverpool now, everybody's raving about the new stand, right? And mm. how much revenue that'll bring in. Well, that's not bringing revenue in from local supporters who are scrounging no. their way doing four hours a week in a fucking warehouse. That's coming in with all these commercial seats that they're adding, and they know they'll sell them out. Now, the reason the atmosphere is going the way it is at Anfield is because more and more seats are getting sold to commercial. More and more people are coming to the ground that have never been to a football match before and don't actually give a shit about football, but they've been invited on a work to. It's I know not, but... it's not a working class game anymore. And no, but at the same time, it's painful for us. Sorry. That no, no, it's fine. As as much as that's painful for us, the reality of it is football is outgrowing us. We're working class people. You know, we pride ourselves on our day jobs. We pride ourselves on feeding our families and looking after each other. They don't give a fuck about us. It's a business. They don't care. Oh, yeah. I suppose you gotta look. There was something I watched recently. I can't remember what was a podcast or what it was. But they were talking about the American ownership of Liverpool and the fact that FSG look at Liverpool as a business. So I've never been under any illusion that FSG look at Liverpool as a business. And there's many benefits to it because the benefit to it is the longevity of the club is secure. We're not riddled with debt. We're in a sustainable position where what we earn, we spend. And if you don't earn it, you ain't spending it. You have to be clever in how you get back to where you need to be. Sell well. All this kind of stuff. But I get the other side of it as well. They've expanded the ground to 61,000 and they need to get revenue in to be able to match the wage bills. It's more so the wage bills than transfer budgets. But I think it's the wage bills of other clubs where players have options. So, look, I, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, you well, can go really deep into this. Open. The, You'd have the, to really price, sit down and have a deep think about it. But can I give you one of those hospitality seated by a good homegrown player from the championship? Well, listen, we've we've had this discussion yet, and what Kev's saying is absolutely bang on. Um, the way you sell seats and the way you increase your revenue is you bring a player in. The like, I know, let's not get into this chat because we could go on about this forever, but you could go on about. Jude Bellingham, he sells shirts. Are we way beyond selling shirts now? Does that not make enough money for the club? Because if I'm right in saying we only get 5% of every shirt sell, sold in the 20, shop. 20, I think it is, with the night It's, it's something daft, isn't it? It's something yeah, daft. Yeah, it's 20, so yeah. is that the reason that we no longer care about signing superstars? I don't know. Because we used to have superstars on our side, the likes of Gerard, the likes of Alonso, the likes of Torres, the Suarez's and stuff. They put they sell major shirts around the world. We don't care about that anymore because we know there's not enough money in it because Nike take a hell of a lot of the shirt. So what we need to do is we need to put loads of new boxes in the ground, loads of fancy seats, and we need to put men in suits in a behind the behind the goal with prawn sandwiches. It it it's yeah. shit. But we all want the we all want the club so with that we all want the club so with that shirt sale does actually matter. Well, it does. It matters to us, of course. It, it matters to us. We're scrounging around after making yeah. millions of pounds of profit for the last how many years, and we're putting pennies away and trying to find pennies down our couch to actually sell. No, no, I, I get that. Other. What I'm saying is, but other clubs, I'll give you know, Chelsea, United, they get paid a set fee, mm. say hundred million. Yeah, but that's whether they sell ten shirts or three mil, three billion. It's yeah, a set that's fee. Gone on what we sell, so isn't I, it? I, I was, 
So in a way, bicep curls does help us because well, shirts and chopping on the coffers. I don't, from what I can see, I don't think we get as much as I think well, was implied. you were talking about earlier in the week about our actual wage bill. Our actual I think it's about 185 million. It's the second highest in the league. But I mean, if you look at, and that's, that's one thing that you're looking at Arsenal at the moment and look, they did well last year, 288,000 a week for Saka. Um, 350 for Havertz, 180 grand a week for Martinelli. There's talk that uh, Saliba's on 200,000. If Royce goes in, he's going to be on 250 at least. Um, they probably made a mistake signing Havertz before him because Royce would be well within his rights. Made a mistake, Sarah. <laughs> but um, with us, if you look at our wage bill, 120, 160, 200, I think. 220 is the highest. There's only, I think it's Van Dyke is on 220. I think Thiago's on, I think Thiago might be on 200, but then it drops to 160, 140, 120. And obviously, you've got Salah up top. I think so. I think Kurt the good thing about our wage grand. bill, yeah, uh, Kurt, uh, I think um, Robbo is only on 64 or 70 as well. Um, the good thing about us is, is that you look at our wage bill versus others and you think, oh, no wonder you're not getting players you're not paying them but in terms of the bonus bonuses the performance bonuses that's what puts us i think second highest in the league is that we're probably it's the one thing that we do around transfers that we probably do absolutely correct is this this is your base this is what your performance uh this is what you could possibly win or could possibly earn it's the reason why manchester united are in the shit because they're giving Sancho 350 grand or whatever it is a week guaranteed. Win, lose, or draw, play, bench, regardless of what he does, that's in his bank account at the end of every week. Um, and I just I just feel that Arsenal are I know they have one of the richest owners in the world, but I still think if any of these any of these signings don't work out, they're in a Manchester United position where who's gonna buy them? Who's gonna yeah. who's gonna come in and yeah. And take over those those wages, like it's it's just not going to happen. Were you going to ask me something about the the salary? Well, Kev? what I was gonna, all I was going to ask you is, look, next year our bonuses aren't going to be that high. You know, our bonuses is well, based hope, on hope, hopefully they will be. We're fucking no, winning. No, next year, <laughs> is next year when the counts are released. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The previous season will be a so profit. We'll actually see a realistic wage budget as to where the club actually is because there's no Champions League qualification. We didn't win anything. And I'm pretty sure they don't get a bonus for winning the charity shield. So, or the community, whatever. I bet, I, I bet they do. They probably they fucking do, you know. I bet they fucking do. They probably do. fucking do. They probably there's, get a gold, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of gold bonuses as well. I think one of the most famous yeah. ones was Bobby's. Um, they, probably get a, they, probably get, they probably get a bonus just for turning up on the bus on time. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Well, I wonder who got the bonus for the winning the James Milner Memorial Trophy yesterday because... Well, it wasn't not a draw. See, we, you, they said last night, Keita and things said it. They ran two groups. Sobersly yeah. isn't Mo. Won one Sobo and looked an absolute animal. But I think it comes down to animal. how many laps they did, does it not? And I think it, there's a video where Trent is flabbergasted that Sobersly did, did 20, 
22 laps or 21 or 22 yeah. laps so we don't know what Salah did so if it, um, Diaz um, looks, I think Diaz had a good something like he was blowing out his house after about two rounds of that <laughs> Robbo's Robbo's carrying a bit of timber I tell you and in fairness to Henderson Henderson looks like he's dropped about a stone Henderson well, looks like Sylvester Stallone and Rocky Ford. genuinely yeah yeah yeah, I had a chat about I this. I was thinking, um, I, I put it down to Henderson's making up for his ability on the pitch at the moment. He's making himself look unbelievably slim, and he's like <laughs> Henderson 2.0 because the shape he's in is probably the best I've seen him at Liverpool. And I was thinking that shape was to come back to Liverpool and say, hang on, I'm the captain. I'm the first name on the team sheet. Where it turns out it's... I need to get in shape because I can't go to Saudi if I can't. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. it's I, I thought the same time when I when I saw it. Look, it was a couple of weeks ago where there was rumours, and then it was kind of poo pooed. And then you see him, you see him actually releasing the pictures himself last week. Very on Henderson like Werner. Yeah, he's absolutely like he is shredded. Like, mm. um, and he had been looking a little bit heavy. The old uh, cycling shorts underneath his shorts were hiding the fact that the shorts were actually like cycling shorts and his legs at one stage last year um jonathan look, makes a point in the chat there as well trent looks after looks yeah they, they all actually look like they've yeah well, that's not that all because robo is definitely carrying a bit of a, an hourglass body shape let's be honest i think but, it's just that. i think he just sub as well I'd, I'd love honestly I'd, I'd love to see and i think we all noticed this when we're obviously watching the reds when trent bulked up and he grew this whatever that thing was hanging off his head um it was like he was carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders when he was running, yeah. and he did look like he just put too much muscle on. And I know, you listen, I'm not a scientist, I'm not a sports scientist, but by looking at him, he just looked a totally different mold of a footballer. Um, yeah. Hopefully, the leaner version and the, the wonder, you know the short back and sides does him a bit of favour. He's, he's been doing a lot of um, he's been doing a lot of individual training. I think there's talk in America he was doing an awful lot of individual training as well. Well, I wonder how much I wonder how much people got in his head last year where he, he you know he's been bullied at the far post he's not strong enough he's you know and, and he took it upon yeah. himself to just bulk up a bit mm. he probably put on only about half stone I'd say he only because yeah. these guys are lean as it is so if you put on half a stone in muscle weight it's gonna show you're I mean, gonna he, notice it. it looked like he was pulling a caravan at times didn't need to be fair so <laughs> yeah but look one thing I ask because look, we only got about five minutes, and Keith has often mentioned this. And I've been, I watched Trent for England, and I watched England's last two games, and when they played him in midfield, and I looked at the games that they were playing, and they were playing against sides who parked the bus. Now, all things being equal, we're going to play probably 10 15 games a season where sides will park the bus, where they will play 5 4 1. Would you look to start a Trent in midfield? I ask all of you, you know, would you look to start Trent in the midfield three and dictate play from the start <clears> from there? And maybe put Connor Bradley, because Connor Bradley, I think, will stay and I think he'll impact the squad this year. Um, play him as a natural right back and see how it goes. I, I think eventually think he's going to be a midfielder. I, would I think it him. depends depends on the business, if you with me. Um, it depends on what happens with these two. And depending on who we bring in, I think that's when we can answer that question. Mm. At the start of the summer, my main question about our business was, where's Trent going to play next season? Once we know that, we'll have an idea of what we're going to go for in the summer. And I kind of feel like Trent's going to evolve into the central midfield regardless of what we all think or what we all, what we all want. 
I just I'd like to see him in there to unlock the doors like he has been, like he's seen for England. Okay, it was against teams like we could play against on a Sunday, but I'd like to see him in there, of course I would, especially for opening them 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 teams the way, that are just locked and sitting back. But the way I looked at it is these sides like they defend for a living when they're playing international football. They defend all the time. They're good yeah. at it. it. You know, we've often seen the likes of Germany, even England at times, Italy struggle to break these sides down. They might win a game, the odd game 2-0 because they struggle breaking them down. Some of the passes that he was playing into Saka I know. were ridiculous. And all I had in my head was if he's there, he's doing that for Mo. And if you're doing that for Mo in third, over 38 game season, Mo Salah is going to love you. You know, and all you need is someone who's a right back. Because in the because at the time we were linked with Pavard, and I remember us talking about Pavard. And if you had a Pavard type player, someone who could slot in as a third centre back, who could support a right back position to be an outlet, and Trent be more permanently in midfield that kind of way. I look at it. I just I I think it's an absolute no brainer. And if Henderson goes, I definitely think you're one very good right back away from moving Trent into midfield. I think that's definitely an option. I think we're at the situation at the minute where we could be a case of, let's just fucking rip the plaster off. Let's rip the plaster off and see what the 1st of September looks like. See what George can do and see what the 1st of September looks like and go from there. Because I, this could be the I best would- thing in the world for us as well. I wasn't a fan, so even at the start of the summer, I wouldn't have been a fan of him going permanently into midfield because I think with him cheating into midfield, it gives him an awful lot of space. And I think we've spoken about that on here before. And I think if he goes in there as your orthodox midfielder, he loses that space and he loses that. Well, look, we saw him play against England. He was playing against part-timers. It's going to be difficult to judge it versus Premier League standard. Um, I think I'm I'm even less behind it now with what's happening is if we're losing the likes of Fabinho and we're losing Henderson, I would be less likely. I think bringing in the likes of Sabasloy, I think bringing in the likes of McAllister, I think it gives us the opportunity to return back to a 4-3-3, to go back to uh, Trent playing the way he was playing, but at the same time, from time to time, cheating by going into the into the midfield as well. Um but Dom's right. I think it all depends on what happens um, between now and the start of the season transfer-wise. Yeah. Um, with that in mind, Chris, so hypothetically speaking, mm-hmm. Henderson goes for 20 million. Fabinho goes for 40 million. Bargain. Who are you bringing in? Who are you bringing in? Oh, names? Yeah. Uh I would bring in. You need to. I. You bring in. You probably try to still get someone like Labia, but I think I think you have to aim higher and look for someone like. Is that your phone? No. <laughs> it's not my my miles away. Um. Promise, I don't know who's the who's the good number six to bring in because the ones you'd want would be someone like There's Shumeni. not many. Yeah. Well, the one you want is Shumeni, but he's at Real Madrid, or hijack Declan Rice, but that's not going to happen, or Casado, but he's going to Chelsea. Uh, Kimmich, would if he would leave Bayern, maybe. 
That'd be a bit of an interesting one. How old is he now? 29? 26. 20, 26? 26. 20, 26? 26. 26. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That would yeah. be an are ideal they, one. Are they but, selling Gibbons, though? But again... What, they want yeah, Harry Kane. Yeah. Yeah, so they've got to finance it. So, something like that. But I think it's going to be that level of player. If you get rid of Hemmington and a Fabinho, for a starting six, it's got to be a, a Kimmich level player. I, I don't. I, I I agree not, with you. I don't think Alavia and Toram coming in replace Fabinho. It wouldn't and, shock and me if Grabenversch comes back up. You know. Yeah, but again, it's sort of a project which look he could work out if it worked I'm out. I'm not sure. It would, it would I think. I, th- I mean, I think he's a top proven player. I just don't think he's had the chance at Bayern Munich. I think we were linked with him yeah. to come in and play against ahead of Fabinho, and a lot of people were saying, "Let's get Fabinho out." Now Fabinho is going. Everyone sort of like, "Shit, what are we going to do?" Keep him in. <laughs> I know. It's it's so fickle football, isn't it? It's also yeah. like we can all talk the games. It's when it happens, we're all like, "Oh, hang on, this is this got quite." <laughs> I, I was all. I, listen, I was thinking Henderson. All right, we'll, we'll get him out the door. We make oh, a bit 20, of money. Give us your twenty-eight. So all all this oh, stuff, oh, yeah. and then. Yeah. When they put the bid in for Henderson, I thought I went, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, but the other thing we can't lose sight of, if we brought, so, say it's Kimmich and Lavia, which I'll be honest, I've probably spent about 120 20 million there, already getting 60. You still need a centre-back, minimum. And if I'm honest, if we want to do the trend in midfield a lot more, we need a more proven right-back. Connor Bradley could be that in years to come. The best thing for Connor Bradley is to go on a higher level low because we saw what the Bolton thing did for him. I think he still needs another one. I so, curve, Bob. Go on. Keep Fabinho and use him in a tree at the back or to move to a tree. He played right back oh, for Monaco. He's played right back for Brazil. That's, fla- that's flashbacks of the old COVID season, that though, isn't it? Yeah, I think no, he's he's, he's, uh, he's played just, right back. Can I just throw in here? My ideal summer, if them two go... Is Levi Colwell, the left centre yeah. back from Chelsea? I think we will be able to tempt their hand. I think it's money there to be made, homegrown English. Yeah. I think you bring him in. I think you also you bring the guy from Inter, Barella. He's one of my favourite players in world football. I would love to see him in the centre of midfield. Um, and I'd bring Lavia in, and I'd say to Lavia, okay, you can develop. You can bring in Barella in. You can move Trent inside whenever you feel like. But I think at the moment we're losing our we're losing the ball. I think when we keep going on about the midfield as much as we're losing players, when our centre-back from Virgil, from Kanate, the drop-off is ridiculous. We also need to make sure we've got our eye on the ball and bring a centre-back in who's capable to step in or play. The question is, though, if Colwell doesn't happen, which I'm not fully convinced it will, because... I think it's part of the deal with... I think it's part of the deal with Chelsea for Casado. So who is the homegrown option? I think the centre-back's going to have to be a homegrown option. Who are the other options we can look at? The only one I can think of is that from Palace. Okay. Mark Gwehi. Mark Gwehi or Kilman from Wolves. They're the only two I can think of. The, the other guy has dropped off the radar altogether at Aston Villa. Konza, is he? Konza. Well? Yeah. yeah. Konza. Yeah. And they've just brought in Tomori. Pat Torres. Tomori. Yeah, Tomori is another one. i go if i definitely do what I could to get Levi Colwell in. I was really impressed with him for the, in the Euros. Yeah, um Amrabat will be a six I would look to try and do if you're looking to get a dog in midfield who's going to try and press and win the ball back and just turn ball over and get it going again. That's exactly what that's it. And that's exactly what he is. He's an absolute dog of a player Mm -hmm. that you wouldn't want to play against. 
and that's what you want. You want someone who's going to get around the pitch and engage a press high up, high up, and win it back and get you going again. That's probably the ideal in world. terms of experience for experience because he has, he, he does have an awful lot of, of experience. He's not he's so not I that old either. He's not that no, old. No, but either. I mean in terms of football, I, I think he, he he's played yeah. the position, he's he's played it for a long time. Yeah, um, he knows it inside. I think out. I think if you're losing your Fabinho, he's he's not the worst player in the world for Lavia mm. to 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 kind of I'd rather get himself on. I'd rather go and get Gravenbert over Lavia. But I understand yeah. the argument for Lavia because down the road he's going to be homegrown. But at the same time, be... the way I look at Lavia is if he a was monster. as good as people think he is, Man City would have just activated the clause now. They can they can activate it, but it's he could also say, "Well, I'm not signing because you've got fucking yeah. Calvin Phillips ahead of me. You've got um, Roger ahead of me. Yeah. You know." But but that's what I mean. What I'm saying is. Man City could have arranged it. I mean, Calvin Phillips is a tradable player. Calvin Phillips, they could have, they could engineer a situation where they sell Calvin Phillips. Everson don't need love. Calvin Phillips. I thought, he was gonna go, I, I thought if they were serious about Rice, I thought that would have been ideal. Yeah, to that would have been the first one out the door. I mean, it's looking like Walker Peters, is pro, or not Walker Peters, um, War Price is more likely going to go to West Ham. Um Palinha is another one who's probably going to go to West Ham. He'd be an ideal stopgap, Palinha, if you're looking for someone to get you over. This is one thing that Liverpool have gone away from, is players to get you over a hump for two or three years. You know, we don't Shikari, have to... Shaqiri was the last one we got. Yeah, that's but, what I mean about Amrabat. But, but Shaq was cheap. Mm, you know, Shaq yeah. was a cheap option. But what I'm saying, we don't, we don't have to always ignore... Ignore these kind of players, these Palinia players, because they're 28. When everyone looks to, oh, who's the next up and coming kid? At some point, you're going to have to say, look, you need someone who knows what they're fucking doing. I used to you love, Raf- I used to love everyone with Rafa bought a right back. The only in the last of the year, just some random right back every year. And you're just like, <laughs> brilliant. Crom Campbell, yeah. Crom Campbell had six months when yeah. they yeah. fucked him off again. That was wait, it. Wait. <laughs> what happened to Philip Degan? <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah. I don't think, I think ever, he'd never recovered from his debut. All you heard was Carragher shouting his name every three seconds. Get back. I think the only thing that makes me really nervous, right, is by this time, normally in the summer, I know what the squad is going to look like at the end of the summer. More or less. You might get an incoming or an outgoing, but genuinely, for the last five years, you've under Klopp's tenure anyway. You know what you're getting. This is the first summer that I can remember in a long, long time that um, I haven't a fucking clue what the squad's going to hey, look like. Kev is all over the place. Just for I haven't a fucking clue. Kev is all clue. over the place. <laughs> I'm like normally, this. The, I'm like... normally the coolest man in the room, and he is all over the camp. I am, yeah. And, and I, I'm normally the voice of reason when I'm chatting yeah. with Chris. I'm like, there's, calm there's down, sh- it's going to be grand. It's, there's a shout. I am, we need a, we I need a Vega, all over. Vegard Hagen, jumper in. Brilliant. I love that. Well, the thing is, we were going to talk about, uh, pre- we were going to look tonight uh, back, because me and Chris normally do a show once a week where we look back at games. You've read me, day. I was looking forward yeah, to it. <laughs> we were going to be talking about the Club World Cup and the period going into it and the Leicester game after it. Mm. That's something, because it was, it was actually a guy in the chat, Thor, who's always in the chat, asked us to look at this, because... Um, that was a when bad you think theory. back, at, 
Is when you think back at it, it was fucking nuts. We're heading to the what, centre back. <laughs> what the league did to us at that time. What the league did to us at that time was fucking Cause ridiculous. Because we, we we had to play the kids, didn't we? In uh, yes, we got. I remember this because I took my daughter to her first in the game, which is the five-five against Arsenal. And then I didn't know this, and the club there goes, "What the league better side we're going to do?" Because I'll be, I'll be, we'll be outside the world when the uh, quarterfinals are. And they just mm. left it, and they just played a lot of eighteen-year-olds against Villa. Which it's it's one of the two trophies every season that happens every season. Nobody gives a flying fuck about it, Tickets but it's course. the one game that you desperately want to be in. You want to be in the Club World Cup final. You yeah. want to be in the Super Cup final, and if people say they don't cut, they fucking do, because <laughs> to win, to get there, you've got to win a Champions League, you've got to win an FA Cup, and they're the games you want to be involved in. And the fact that we went there under the cloud that we went in under, and everyone thought we were going to fucking fall apart when we come back, and we come back and we twat Leicester, absolutely twat Leicester. Trent's come best back. performance in all of Pulisic. Yeah. And that was, also, that was when we had a peak Fabinho out injured, and a rarity Genie was injured, which fucking never happened. Mm-hmm. So, because I'm sure for one of the games, the midfield for one of the games was Ox, Cater, and Lalana. I think Lalana played six in the semi final, which is when you hear that, you go, that's the most mad midfield. Uh, my best mate there, Kev, Lalana. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen that state. <laughs> i seen that. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah Randomly just commented on me podcast before saying keep it going, keep it going, and I was like, holy shit! Did you then message back with yeah. fans coming on? Yeah. <laughs> he said, I did, I did, I and I can show you the message he put um, when I'm done with Brighton. <laughs> there you go. Do you know what? I was on a report last week that he he was done with Brighton. Does he not have a a bad injury yeah. or uh, he's back? Lalana, is he back? Yeah. yeah. Um, so look, anybody, anybody that has any questions over the the validity of the Club World Cup, um, just ring up a Brazilian fan and tell them that it means nothing. Yeah, they were fucking, <laughs> they were fucking rage when you, they got beaten. That you final. look at Bobby's, you look at Bobby's reaction to scoring that goal. That it's massive everything. over there. It, it's huge, and it's only about putting one up Europe. You know, that's but, all it is for them. Well, look at it's look a, at the, uh, the fact Rafinha. That, Do you Rafinha? He, tra- he, he spent half the game trying to break. Break man his leg until Robbo yeah. took him out. You when, know. You, when you can say that you're the world champions of the club teams, yeah. it should mean more. When we got that trophy and we could turn around and say, Well, European and world champions, there's nothing yeah. better than that. Whether champions it's a big trophy or not, you have won everything. So it's a big <laughs> to everyone else, yeah. isn't it? But also, exactly. As a Liverpool fan, this day and age, how often do you get to say you've seen the first of something? You know, mm-hmm. you could say, "Oh, I remember." You know, the first European Cup I remember was two thousand five, but we won four before that. We're the first time we saw the first time it ever been one of the club's history. Yeah, and, and let's give, those, things get, those things get overlooked because let's don't give Jonathan a shout. Jonathan said, "There, City are in the Club World Cup. It means nothing this year. You bang on the money, Jonathan. <laughs> unless Liverpool, unless Liverpool are in it, we don't give a fuck, and it means exactly, nothing." Exactly, Jonathan. You're dead right, sir. Well, look, we're just uh, we're over the hour, an hour and ten minutes there. Last question before we go. Um, Chris, to, I'll start with you. Thanks. Um, Henderson, Fabinho are both. What's going to happen? I think they both go. Leaving. Um, I think they both go. If any of them's going to stay, it'd be Henderson, but I think they're both going. Kev? I think there's a fair chance we're doing a show tomorrow night. Yeah? I think they're both gone. Hmm. I think Fabinho oh, goes okay. first. 
Tom. I think it'll be quick because the look, I think that once once the players get on that plane to go to their to the preseason training camp in Germany, I think that'll be they'll all be told that's it. Once you get on this plane, that's it. There's no more messing about. I think if it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen quick. And I think both will go. I have a feeling they're gonna rip the plaster off and let the cards fall where the, where they may. What you hope is it gets I'm, announced and we've got the replacement already lined up. So yeah, Kev, I'm hoping. Kev, thanks for delaying me. Give me some more thinking, Sander. Um <laughs> I think Henderson is the only one that goes. I do. I don't think he'll like to go. I just something tells me he won't. I feel like the the Fabinho thing is quite a little bit of just a little bit of an unsettling tactic for Liverpool. It wouldn't surprise me if there's absolutely no truth in it at all. Um, whereas Henderson, I kind of feel like that is not enough done. So does he more know about Fabinho being done? I, I, I said surprising. it earlier on as well. I think I'm yeah, with but... you, I think Henderson goes. Um, I, I, this is not me wishing him out the door or anything like it. I, I don't think he, he he owes us nothing. He's been probably the best captain since. Jeez, I, I shouldn't have started that sentence until I knew the end of it. Probably Hanson. <laughs> I would say probably Ooh. Alan Hanson in terms of... That's a show no, in no, itself. No, 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 I'm not saying... I'm not disagreeing with Clip that, Gav. Clip that, Gav. Clip it all you want. Uh, I, I mean, in terms of success, overseeing success. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, Probably since Alan Hanson. Um, but... Um, yeah, I think Henderson goes. I think, like I said earlier on, Fabinho is probably it's a bit too far in terms of what we're trying to do here. I think we need him to, to stay behind for a year. I see him probably going next year, possibly even in don't, January. I don't think you know the value is there if he stays another year. I think if he's going to go, it's going to be this. That's why, that's why I think Fabinho goes. This is Fabinho. Yeah. One name I've got go, to mention. Yeah, one name I forgot to mention would be interesting to try to see if we could get would be Douglas Louise at Aston Villa. It just, oh, just sounds a new deal, hasn't he? I don't give a flying fuck. No. That's that's that, that's an that's an that's an FFG problem. Send Kev over. That's not my problem. I love your negotiation tactics, Kev. We're not selling. I don't give a fuck. Selling Kev, Kev's, the, Kev's the bomb squad with the suitcase. He'll go in and sort it out. <laughs> Do you know what? This, this would mean what? Kevin have checked, I've flipped because Kev's always calmed me down. He's basically goes, What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? And I'm going like, mate, I grew up like in the Julia era. So it's like I was used to this seven in, seven outside. I'm loving the actual what the fuck's gonna happen. I don't know, it's brilliant. I actually back think then, just hey, back then there was no social media, there was no t- YouTube know, channels, there was nothing. And I had a and I had a life. I was working and fucking enjoying my kids and everything like that. Now it's like YouTube and social media and 24-7, you're connected to everything. It's like, yeah, I just want to embrace it. I'm literally looking at Twitter. Has Joyce tweeted yet? You know, I'm 51 years of age, nearly. (laughs) (laughs) Glenn Parsons, Hendo out, Clint Dempsey in. Oh, oh yeah, some of those oh. days. <laughs> you fucking are, last Glenn. <laughs> then we got an apology letter. Do you remember that? Do you remember the the open letter saying sorry we didn't sign a forward? Brilliant. Well, look, uh, Chris and Kev, have you any shows coming up? So you were supposed to do a show tonight. Nah, nothing uh, for the rest of the week. I don't think. Have we? Uh, have you? Have you given a rain check? Is there uh, next week? Yeah. Got the same show. Yeah, we'll do. We'll do it next week. Unless we sign another six players, then we might do something else. Who knows? Yeah. 
Dom, have you any shows coming up? Yes, so good time actually. Um, season three of the Roadland podcast starts what day are we on Thursday? Starts tomorrow, 6 a.m. First episode is with Peter Scarf, who is the chairman of the Hillsborough Supporters, Survivors Supporters Alliance. And we pretty much go into detail about obviously the things that went on, um, about trying to educate people who pretty much just slander us week in, week out, and also about the FA Cup shirt, things like that. So it's a it's a big, it's a big day for me th- tomorrow, if I'm being honest with you, because my dad was there that day, my uncle was there that day, and I never had the conversation with my dad about it. He's never spoke to me about it. It's it's something that we all need to know about. It's something we need to educate each other about, and it's something that we shouldn't shy away from because it can't happen again in football. So fingers crossed for tomorrow, and I'm just hoping it goes well because it's a very obviously a touchy subject, and I'm I'm super nervous about it, if I'm being honest. And look, I, from me, myself, Kev, and Chris, and everybody else at the, the Day Trippers, we, we all hope it goes really well for you. Cheers, man. No, bro. No, bro. Chris, anything else from you? Um, oh, the women have signed three players. That's that's going well. On the other side, the other side, of the, the other side of the pool, that's going swimmingly. That's going all right. Don't, and don't who, are, who are they? Flint is one. Is Flint striker, a new league called Maya, whose surname I can't remember. Who's another young striker, striker slash wide player? I was signed a Scottish centre back. So, all good. Um, they probably still need another two or three. So you know, fingers crossed. Stuff. Kev, anything else from you? No, nothing. Um, just remember, please hit the like button. Uh, subscribe. Everyone is in the chat. Subscribe. But if people were watching it back, put throw in the comments for myself and Chris if there's any games or periods in Liverpool's history from probably anything from probably the early '80s right through to today. Any games that you would have thought that are pivotal to how a season went or a campaign went or a manager's tenure went, throw them in the comments if there's something that you guys want to talk about, reminisce about, and just let us know and we'll talk about it. I have a couple. Go on. Yeah, we, go on. They, I think they were both FA Cup semi finals Liverpool Portsmouth and Liverpool oh, Crystal yeah. Palace. <sighs> Crystal Palace one, yeah. I think Pardew got the winner in the end, didn't he? Yeah, yeah we're trying to talk about happy memories. We're trying to do happy memories. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. They're okay, great games. Yeah, Jesus Christ. They are great games. Uh, this there were great bad. games. The Palace one was a great game. This is almost bad when I did shows about runs to European Cup finals. Did you, did you do the three three with, with United January '94? Have you done no. that one yet? No, that's so, for that one. That's that's another cracker. And that's right in your there space, yeah. <laughs> Just don't ask there me. There is plenty I've, 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 I've a head like a sieve, so don't ask me for. I, I have the video downstairs. There's the three of. Yeah, um, you, I remember, I remember exactly there, yeah. where I was watching it. It was in my grannies. Ooh, and there are all the United fans down there. That's a good point. Oh, yeah, Owen Burke. 2-1 against Villa and the tight one is yeah. there. Oof. I was on the way back from Inverness. I was after being over at a basketball tournament. My nephew was playing the basketball tournament over in Inverness. And we landed, we flew from Belfast. And I was trying to listen to it on the radio on my phone oh. all the way. And it kept coming in and out, in and out. It's and boring. literally... Got to the last couple of minutes and said, "Fuck it, anyway. That's like whatever. We've I, lost I, that or we've drawn, drawn that or whatever." And I then was, it was only when we got into somewhere where there was a reception. I was like, "No, look, I'm where they warm." Yeah. So I was watching it on a stream at my in-laws, and I was, oh yeah, so once I turned my phone on, and it my phone buzzed two one. Man, I was like, "No, 
Fuck it's gone in. <laughs> just just on I think Glenn, I think Glenn Parsons has put a message yeah. in there about Deli Ali. I I mean I won't discuss this on my podcast because it, it's obviously not LFC related, but I think if we dive in and just have a minute on that, um yeah. I personally wish him all the best mm. from obviously from everyone and we all probably do as well. However, yeah. not against us, but in his personal life, of course, I wish him all the best because listening to that story today was absolutely heartbreaking. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy, no matter who they play no. for. He's a he's a guy at the end of the day. He's a he's a normal lad by the looks of it, and his football career had so much promise. I, I hope he reaches that level, just not with Everton. Yeah, I think, I, he's, I think he's a Liverpool fan, isn't he? So yeah, yeah. yeah. I've only, I've yeah, only seen it's gut wrenching listening to it. It's. You could even see by Neville. Neville was almost moved yeah. to tears. I think at one stage he was. It's an absolute like the the absolute balls that he has to come out yeah. and actually speak to yeah. speak about it. It's and it, it is important. We're all lads here and um probably guilty of not talking in times where um we've probably felt a bit down and stuff like that. For somebody yeah. to come out and to try and break that stigma, um, I think was He's a bigger man than me, and anybody that's met me knows that I'm a fairly big man. Um, big so, um, that's Chris. I, 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 I can attest I can, I can <laughs> that in some ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wasn't talking about that. <laughs> oh, so that that's between us. Sorry, that's between us. Yeah. Well, just when we're trying to be serious here, Chris. <laughs> um, but look, I would love, he was absolutely um, almost unplayable a couple of seasons ago. Yeah. So it'd be great to see him to yeah. get back to that as well. Hopefully, now that he's probably exercise some of these demons by going and speaking to somebody maybe that's like you said Trent looked like he was playing with all the weight of the world on his shoulders last year that's probably what's happened with Deli Ali as well so mm -hmm. we don't yeah. wish him no I I don't know if Deli Ali can ever get back to being the football player that he was and the promise that he showed I just hope to God that Deli Ali when he wakes up tomorrow morning is relaxed calm and feels loved mm -hmm. I think what Delia might find is oh, Kevin's frozen. Whether people and this probably wasn't his intention to a point, it probably was, but is there'll be probably unfortunate people in a similar situation of what he's been through, and sometimes that Happy that might be the jolt. But imagine that person that might be the jolt that they need going. Ah, do you know I need to talk about that, and that's sometimes all it is. If it's only one person, it it does that too. That's kind of the key message. Because listen, blokes were crap at talking about stuff like this anyway. You know that's why. You know, it's quite, it's very brave to do what he did, especially the world we're in, because he knows the silliness that comes on the social media world, unfortunately. But listen, wish him all the best. You know, hopefully it goes well for him. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think from listening to it, I think it was only stumbled across. It wasn't something that he had gone to speak about initially. It was, I think he was seeking help with the, the sleeping pills and it's yeah. from from speaking to somebody all of this just came pouring out so mm. uh, kev you froze there while you were yeah. mid-sentence yeah look i i mean football is one thing sport is one thing but i know what it's like dealing with stuff when that happens in real life and um having a network of people that you can pick up a phone to and just or drop a text anything like that you you never know when you're going to need someone until you need someone. But it's not weakness to pick up the phone and say, look, I'm not okay, or I need a chat, or let's go for a pint, or whatever. You know, it, and I think I could safely speak for everyone. 
all of our DMs and social media are open. And they're open for a reason because we never know when that dark moment is going to be there that someone needs to reach out and say, look, X, Y, Z has happened or whatever. The fact that Deli Ali stumbled across this conversation in the therapy session mm. and he felt comfortable in his own skin to come out to Gary Neville and probably one, arguably one of the biggest podcasts going, knowing that it's going to be picked up globally, takes some set of cojones. Yeah. The fact that you see the reaction on social media and social media is a vitriolic, horrible place at times. I haven't seen one negative comment. I haven't seen one person from any club any fan of any club give him absolutely nothing but respect and we just hope that whatever he does in football he does but i just hope that he gets on with the rest of his life and he's healthy and happy and he can just get on with things that's all you can ever hope for is that he goes to sleep at night happy and he wakes up in the morning with carefree that's all you can ever hope for exactly well said kev and a nice way to finish off um, thanks, Dom, for joining us again. Like I said, twice this week. Always great to have you on. Kev, good to see you again. And Chris, yeah. I'll be over in Liverpool in mid-April or mid-August. I'll be there ready for you. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Dom, I think uh, uh, Gav said he's going to fuck off. He's got he's to meet you for a point. So, um, no, my, prob my problem is... Not the point. No, <laughs> it's never won, is it? Hey, by the way, MS and Big Spoon. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Listen, thanks to everybody else in the chat as well. You've all, as always, been excellent um, popping in the comments in. This was No Transfer Knowledge. We're finishing it with the uh, same amount of knowledge as we started it. Probably none. So um, join us again. Stick, like Kev said, press like, subscribe, click the bell icon for when we next have a show on. Um, and we'll talk to you again uh, very soon. Good night. supposed to end <laughs> <laughs>